I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley, and this is Life in the Rough, the podcast. We're back. Life in the Rough happy, 101. Happy to be back. Yeah, man. After I feel like a big, it's kind of like a hangover episode. Like big, big hangover episode from episode 100. It was a really big deal. And now it's like, I don't know. It's like when you turn 21 and then you got to turn 22 the next year. It's like, well, why the fuck does anybody care that I'm 22? You know? Okay. So you can just admit if you're hungover. I mean, that's, it's. You know, oh, no, I'm not hungover. I, I, I'm um, kind of planning on being that tomorrow, though. But, but um, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of momentum going into last week. But let me tell you, Kev, a lot of momentum going forward, too. The girls crushed it. The ladies in the rough, they absolutely nailed it. I went back and listened to the conversation again. They absolutely crushed it. Um, and we've got uh, we've got a lot of work to do, you know, from now until next year when uh, my swing will be fixed. I'll, I'll have at least a couple lessons under my belt. I mean, we've got a, we've got a lot of action items. So. Although it might, uh, we might feel like we reached a uh, the milestone of a hundred, which we certainly did. I'm extremely proud of us for that. But now we just uh, keep grinding, 101 and up and beyond. Yeah, it's it's but a stop on our hike to the uh, to the peak of this mountain, Brian. Um, but no, I, I think that was my biggest takeaway from not just the episode, but specifically the conversation that we were having with the ladies is that we got a bunch of just great content ideas um good ideas for whether it be content on this pod specifically or more on social media or just other just like things we could do for a fresh vibe um but yeah i mean i I thought the best part about the episode itself and specifically like the conversation that we had with um courtney and julia was honestly just all the ideas that we got and their perspectives and recommendations for stuff we could like segments we could have on the pod, things we can do on social media, just kind of all that. I feel like we just got a, a lot of great ideas. out of it. I agree. And I felt like they also fire from the hip, like, like we tend to do like, yeah, uh, I don't remember if it was Julia or Courtney. They were like, you guys need to do, uh, I don't know if it was more, I know they said more guests, but in my head, I'm like, Courtney wouldn't know if we have guests on like, I, and I don't know if it was Courtney or Julia that said it. I, they both had so many great opinions and suggestions, but I was like, you know, I'm not saying this isn't a great suggestion, but like, you don't know when we have guests on, but I think Julia then was quick to say, Oh, I do. I do. Kevin is well prepared. He'll have his notepad and his notes and uh, his questions ready to go prior to any, uh, any guests that you guys have on, but shit. I mean, I, I think we need an intern to, to, to do our booking for us well i think one of them should be the intern ultimately but um it's actually funny you say that because uh, as we mentioned on the episode she was extremely nervous leading into like she was not excited about it not excited very very nervous and then she was actually like what, what are you guys gonna talk about what are you gonna ask me and i'm like I'm like i don't know she's like don't you have like no like you always have like notes i'm like i'm like i haven't had notes for an episode since episode like two like we just kind of come in and start talking so i feel like that's why it works so well. Like they didn't know what you were going to ask them. Like you, you had some questions prepared. I didn't have anything prepared. Obviously I was like, you run this whole thing, but I feel like it was good because it allowed it to be a natural conversation, just like our episodes normally are. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You mentioned that. Uh, I, I, first of all, I completely agree. Um, somebody was talking to me recently. We were at Blackledge and it somehow came up that 
we had a podcast, you know, that sure came up in casual conversation, obviously. Um, I'm sure it, that wasn't something that you pushed at all. No, it, the, the person was like, hey, man, have you heard about this podcast, Life in the Rough? And I was like, oh, my God, like small world. Let me talk to you about it. Um, but they asked, um, you know, like, what do you and Kevin like? How do you guys plan? How do you prep for your episodes? Like, do you like set a certain duration for your segments do you set limits on how long you want to talk about things this and that and i was like uh it really made me think like should we be doing this like this person doesn't have like a successful podcast or a platform of any kind outside of his own social media platforms but it had me thinking like should we be doing more of that now let's be clear i'm not interested in uh you know taking notes i feel like we we do a great job at, at feeding off each other, firing from the hip. Sometimes I will write something down that like Brian, make sure to bring that up on the podcast. I, I, I want to yeah. make sure I don't forget it. But in terms of like structure, I feel like there there's going to be maybe a few things that I want us to touch on, but it's not going to be like up uh, eight minutes ding 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 uh end of conversation moving on smooth transition Pardon yeah me. i don't know if i necessarily think that's a, i think that's really good for certain certain types of podcasts or show like i'm thinking of like fantasy football for example i listen to a, yeah because they have maybe two they have certain things that they need to get through so they have to like, like right. put it they're giving you information we're not necessarily giving information we're just giving our opinions whether or not you want to listen to them yeah um so i feel like being structured i mean i wouldn't say that you nor i are structured individuals in general would you i mean there's a there's a loose structure i mean i've got a big fence around me we'll put it that way i've got i've got (laughs) grazing room but okay, not- you you have a loose you have a loose structure. You have a small fence. Yes, it may or may not be temporary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Blows over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I, I I agree. I don't think we necessarily need all those constraints, if you will. Sound. It sounds like it, it's getting corporate, and we haven't even signed a deal yet. So I I think the structure can. If wait. people start talking to us about a ten thousand foot view, I'm out. Yeah. I or whatever is that the saying? Ten thousand foot view. Yes, yes, that that yeah. is the saying. No, but I just, no. it's also not a saying I use very often. Like, uh, I don't know. That's just me. You know what? I also never. Look, you know what? Let's table this. Okay. Um, yeah. but, but before I, I just have to say this one thing because somebody was t- saying it earlier today, and like, if you're like, you know, yeah, I like swimming, but I like skiing, so I guess I'd go with the latter. Why don't you just fucking say you go with skiing? Why, 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 like, why are we adding other verbiage in? And I think we we're in Home Depot, and I heard someone say that the latter. And I just, I don't know. It was just one of those things. And I was like, maybe it was just I was already upset that I was in Home Depot. Um, I don't know. It just it set me over the edge, and it, it, this happened a few hours ago. So I just thought I'd bring it up. But apparently, that's interesting. I mean, do you ever use I've the definitely- ladder? I definitely have, but I think I think I would use it more like in response. Like if like if you're like, oh, do you prefer this or that? And I preferred that, I'd say I'd go with the latter, something like that. But I wouldn't I, I would just say, Oh, I like this more than that. 
I, I wouldn't say between exactly. this and that, I prefer the latter. You're also then assuming that the other person knows what the latter is. Like, it, if they were like, do you want uh, salt or pepper on your burger? And you said the latter, and then they were like, shit. shit. Or the latter, because I'm allergic to the other. And then you just walk away, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, you know what we're not talking about enough right now, Brian? You were at Home Depot. Is there any chance people were talking about buying ladders and you just got lost in the sauce in there? I don't think so. We're in the tile and flooring section. Okay, um, you don't need a ladder to get to there. No, you're, you're low, 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 low to the ground. Um, okay. That's all fair. right. Sorry for the rant. But uh, I can tell. I, I <laughs> yeah, not a much flooring podcast. Less congested this week. Much less congested. You sound a lot better. Listening to the last episode, oh man, it was, I'd like the nine day man cold. It just wouldn't fucking go away. It was the worst. Yeah. You had the Steve Urkel, ain't denying land. You know, I actually saw Family Matters was on TV the other day. I can't tell you the last time I've actually saw Family Matters. Carl Winslow, he didn't look as fat as I remembered. He he didn't look as bad as well, I remembered him. I think fat in the 90s compared to fat now is a different animal. Yeah. Now it's just like morbidly obese and like they make yeah. television shows about you when you're that large. Yeah. Like Carl Winslow, he'd be like a skinny dad these days. But like back in the day, he was hefty. So yeah. it's interesting. But we're also not a health podcast. So should we get in some golf? What's going on here, Brian? What's going on? Yeah, I golfed. I shot high scores. Well, here. So here's the thing. The putter was on. I felt great. I okay. got in nine over at Blackledge. Um, yeah. And the problem was I lost three tee shots in the leaves. Like, oh, yeah. They just off the fairway. And it was a pretty crowded day. They had they definitely had a tournament going on in the morning. Um, So, like, there were barely any parking spots by the time I showed up. And yeah. then... um. And then it was just like packed tea sheet, like force them after force them after force them. And, you know, I, I mean, like after three or four fucking minutes, like kicking leaves around, like I, at this time of the year, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to drop. It's like, we could only yeah. hold us up for so long. Like maybe if I was hitting the ball in the fairway then I wouldn't have any excuse, but like, I, uh, I was just kind of fed up with it by the like third fucking one um yeah it's t- this time of year, so we said before i played with the pats this weekend and we said before we teed off like if it if our ball went into an area that there were leaves and we couldn't find it and it was like very obvious that it should be there we just couldn't find the leaves it would be like a free drop situation i agree i don't that. think but i was alone so i was just i like- don't think we had a situation like like we lost some balls but like it wasn't like we lost in a ball, a ball in a spot where we're like, oh, it should be in this 10 foot by 10 foot area. I'm just going to take a free drop. It was like, oh, maybe it's here. Maybe it's there. I can't find it. I got to take a drop. You know? Yeah. These were um, underneath the tree lines were just riddled oh. with leaves. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was Same. like they didn't even care or they just blew all the leaves like into those areas. It, I, um, Yeah, that was a little frustrating. But I mean, was this I, a black ledge? Yes. Okay. Um, I I mean, listen, I I was glad to get out. I had I had fun. Um, played the front of Anderson. Um, but it took like two hours and like forty minutes. Oh yeah, you know what? Yeah. Oh fuck that. You told me that actually. We played Saturday morning. We were the second tea time off 
and we played very fast, but when we were walking off 18, you walk past 10 and there was two groups waiting to tee off on 10. So it must've just gotten to be a huge log jam later in the day. I will say though, did you have a frost delay? They did. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, we had like an hour frost. We had an 8 a.m. tea time. Didn't tee off until almost nine o'clock. Oh, geez. That's yeah. Oh, dude. Wait, actually, sorry. Not to derail this. I'm now I'm going off the rails. I didn't tell you about this last week. We played last week and we had an hour long fog delay. Fog. Dude. And so our tea time was like nine 15 and an hour fog delay at night. We didn't tee off until like after 10 o'clock. I've never seen, and it was so weird because we were playing like a couple towns up the highway, like a 20 minute drive. There was no fog the entire way. You turn onto the street that the course is on and all of a sudden it just like white out, like could not see anything. That's, and it was really, really weird. That's wild. I've, I've had situations at Blackledge on primarily on the Gilead side. Um, where like you can't mm. see where you're teeing off. It's so foggy. Yeah. And it uh, I've never had a fog delay. Granted, I could see why you would like one would happen because like me and when I've had this issue with fog, it's like first thing in the morning, like it's that do, you know, yeah. it's like it's the summertime and I might be the first um, tea time off. So it's not like there's anyone in front of me I have to worry about, but if you're just going through the tea sheet, like, and if you can't see 200 yards in front of you, like then safety is, is now a concern. So like, well also like pace of play. Cause like, you don't know where the ball went, <laughs> you know, like, like you literally could not. So the first tee box par five to get to the fairway, it's probably, I would say like uh, 150. You could not see the fairway at all. That's crazy. It's an eerie yeah. feeling when you can't see in front of you. It, it's very eerie. Dude, it was really, it, it, it was just weird, like how it worked. Cause like, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I drove the 20, 25 minutes there. It was like a beautiful morning, like nice and sunny. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a great day for golf. And then I, I'm like 10 minutes down the road and Pat Tats was already there. He texted me and Nelly and he was like, uh, fog delay. Are you guys almost here? There's a fog delay. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's a beautiful day. And then as soon as I turned onto the road, like a half a mile down the road from the course, I'm like, oh fuck. So a couple <clears> delays <throat> past couple weekends. That's fine. The boys got some breakfast sandwiches, killed some time. It worked out. But that's awesome. Um, didn't mean to interrupt your your round. So you uh took you forever to play. You shot a high score. You're not excited. Yeah, I shot like a 46. Um oh, couple bars, but like uh, you know. On three holes, I'm like, uh, so I'm one of them. I hit the green on my next shot, but still, it's like I got a one putt for a par. I yeah, <clears throat> wow, that was disgusting. Um, no, I just I I felt myself in some sketchy situations, but my short game was on. I I had fun. It was, you know, at any time this time of year where you can sneak out for a couple hours and. It was, I was hoping it was going to be like an hour and a half, but sneak out for a little bit and um, get in a couple holes. It's, it's definitely a win um, this time of the year though, man, the, the, the rounds are coming short. I mean, Dan St. George texts me today. He's playing TPC river Highlands tomorrow. He's like, you want to get out there? And I was like, Oh my God, dude, if I didn't just start my job like two weeks ago. Sure. I'd absolutely take yeah. the day off. But... How'd he get out there? Uh, yeah. he, 
somebody invited him. I think, okay. uh, yeah, no, he's he's a part of a foursome, and somebody bailed last minute. I don't even know what the weather's supposed to be like tomorrow. I know it pissed rain here today. Um, yeah, same. So yeah, I don't know. You know, if it, you know, if I was in the job a while, and uh, you know, we're talking midsummer, perfect conditions. Yeah, that's a different story. But I just played there, and you know, I don't know if I want to go spend another two hundred forty dollars to golf this time of year. Like, I f- I feel like I'm really glad I got my good golf and like playing some nice courses in a couple weeks ago because I feel like now at this time of year, the weather's so variable and like. Honestly, like my body is sore from the amount of golf that I've played this year. And just like, oh, I, bet. I just don't do like I went out on Saturday to play. And so I shot, I shot an 86. I shot a 47, 39, 86. It was a ridiculous tale of two nines there, but it was, I was like six holes in. And I, I looked over at it was either Pat Tats or not. I don't remember who I said it to, but I was like, I feel like this is one of the first times I've just been like out on the golf course playing like shit. And I just like, don't even care. Like I wasn't even really getting like upset or pissed. I was just like hitting terrible shots. And like, I was six over or boogie one, boogie two, triple on three, boogie four. So I was six over through four. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I just didn't have, I didn't shot 11 over on the front. And then I got to the back and I just strung a few holes together, you know, but it, it was, it was kind of like, I feel like that's like what this time of year is. It's like, I've, mm-hmm. I've played so much golf. Like I've played some good golf, played some bad golf, but now I'm just like, I'm happy for whatever rounds I can get in at this time of year. Like oh, I know man. I'm not playing this coming weekend and next weekend I'll probably play. But um, like you said, like season's season's almost over, man. Like it's, it's about to be November. next. Week. Yeah. This, this is, we're at the we're at the tail end of scramble season, as I like to call it. Um, and uh, I mean, right around the corner from uh, you know Greenskeeper Revenges, you know, dude. I've never played in one. I want to play in one so bad. They look like so much fun. They, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, 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 it like it's fun, but like they're uh, uh, from the ones I've played in. Like, there's also times where you're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, oh, like, it's super gimmicky for sure. So, but it does, but like, I mean. There was one at Portland, like they put the hole inside of a toilet seat. Yeah. So you had to put a ball over a toilet seat, but then get the ball to stop to land in the hole. Like it. Yeah. Just think about it. I mean, it's like a pinball. So like that was difficult. They had a hole that was literally in a bunker. Um, so yep. like you have to putt in a bunker. It just, you know, when you, when you're out here, Kev in the, in the sticks, and I'm not saying that all golf courses don't have lawn equipment, but you're just dealing with like bulldozers and tractors in the middle of the fucking fairway and, you know, uh, holes in a position where like you, you can't make the putt, like you're going to roll off the green, like 12 feet. Like it's just, oh, yeah. there are times where it's just like, well, this is bullshit. Like that. Dude, so I I know I just said I never played in one, but last fall, actually, so it was when we went to Abby and Marshall's wedding last fall up in Maine. The morning of the wedding, me and one of the Julia was a bridesmaid, and one of Abby's other bridesmaids' husband was up there, plays golf. So him and I were like, oh, let's go play golf in the morning. Cause like, what else, what the fuck else are we gonna do? It just so happened 
that the course was having a greenskeeper revenge turn. They had separate flags for the greenskeeper revenge, but we were the first group out after it. So a, we got to see all these crazy pin placement stuff that they, they literally had like the little, like, uh, like the yard marker flags. Like they yep. use those to mark the green. Cause they were still letting people play on the regular pins. Um, so like a, we got to see them like when we were up on the greens and like what the ridiculous locations were, but the worst thing about it, we're behind this entire tournament and you're watching people five, six, seven putt because of where the location of the pin is. We probably put like, we literally gave ourselves time when we were booking the teeth. Like, oh, like we'll, we'll have plenty of time to be back. And like, we were almost cutting it close getting back for the wedding because of how long our round took. Yeah, it was like probably geez. a six hour round. Yeah. They, the, the way to do it is have them be scrambles. Um, you know, playing your own ball, it will definitely make it for a... Uh... Oh, oh, I think it was a scramble. I think it oh, was okay. just, like, in such ridiculous locations that, like... Uh, I remember the fir- very first hole, it was on, like, the the green had kind of a false front. So, like, if you didn't quite get up it, you were going to roll all the way back down. And they just mm-hmm. had the hole in the middle of the false front. So, anytime you didn't get it in there, it would just roll all the way back down. And the amount it would roll back down was, like, 15 feet yeah no that's so it's like it, you, it's not like it, you can't just make that you know it was just right. it was so ridiculous obviously but um i don't know i would like to plan one sometime i'm sure i'd like it for the first three holes and hate it but wait yeah they, i haven't played in one in a couple of years so I'll, I'll give it another shot i've taken a couple of years off we'll get back out there see if we've still got a little taste for the kool-aid we'll see how it goes yeah that's fair i don't know it's just it's, i feel like it's I want to try to play in a little bit of everything. You know what? Actually, I thought about this not a lot, but like every time I, I read a story or see something online about people doing this, you know what I never play is Wolf. Yeah. I, yeah. No. Have you same. played it? Yes. Yeah. But I like going out oh. as a, like I, I go out as a single a lot. So like, a yeah. lot of, I don't play a lot of games if and if I do go out with someone, it's usually one other person will do like match play, if anything. But no, I, I hear you. Games on the golf course is fun. Yeah, I feel like I want to try to do more of that. Cause like you said, like a yeah, I go out as a single a lot, or I'm playing with the Pats. We actually did uh we actually played a new game this past weekend, but we'll get into that later. But um I feel like it's more like, especially like when you and I meet, it, it's usually like you, me, and then one or two other people. And granted, yeah, you and I are usually having a match. So we can't play other games, but I feel like I just, no matter what, I always just play the same match with my buddies. Like it's two V two. We're going to either play it straight up match player, do two points a hole and then just go from there. But I feel like I'd like to have a little bit more variety in my life. I mean, you could get real crazy and like, you like take a club out of someone's bag when they lose a hole. Like, That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's, like you can do shit like that, but it's I'm always torn because I'm like it always sounds like a really cool idea, but then I'm like, well, no, I want to play a legit round because I want to get the handicap down. Well, right. That's and that's the thing. You need to either go out there and say, you know, we're just playing for fun today, or we're out here to be competitive. Because if I take away your seven iron, you're gonna be like, what the fuck? I need that fucking seven iron. I'm in between. Uh, you, can my, you can have my seven iron. I'd take away your putter. First club I'd take away is your putter. That would oh, take away take your it. driver. I'd take away all your wedges. And that's assuming that I win the first five holes. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
which is that might happen. That might. But happen when you sure. win a hole, you can take the club back. Yeah. And come on, we all know people that would just be like, they're not near you, and you don't physically take the club out of their bag, so they'd be like, "Yo, did you just hit a seven iron? No, no, bro, that was my eight. Can't you sell? No, knock down a six. Knock down six okay. all day. Hell yeah. Um, but here, let me tell you about the game that me and the Pats played because we, we kind of always just like do like the same shit or whatever. But I had I had played this game prior when I was a member at Farmington because I was just playing a threesome one day and the guy that had like known about it and we played, but it's called split sixes. So if you ever find yourself in a in a threesome and want to have somewhat of a match, um so it's called split sixes. So Say you, me, and Jack are playing golf. Each hole is worth six points. So say you get a birdie, I get a par, Jack makes a bogey. Sorry, Jack. Jeez. You get four points, I get two points, Jack gets zero. If, so is it just the person who wins the hole? The it, I'll, I'll just let you keep going. Go ahead. Yeah. So if you outright win the hole and then Jack and I get different scores, you get four points, middle score gets two points, bad score gets zero. Okay. If all three of us tie the hole, all three of us get two points. I, okay. You could technically just have nobody get any points on that too, but just for sake of the conversation, each of us get two points. If you win the hole with a birdie and then Jack and I both get pars, you get four, we each get one. If, two people tie winning the hole and the other person gets a worse score, the two tied winning scores get three points. Okay. So it's kind of, I don't know. Like I feel like whenever you find yourself in a three person match, it's hard to find games to play. So it's just a cool way to have like somewhat of a match between three people. I gotcha. I gotcha. And it's just, it's hole by hole. Right. Essentially you could do the exact same with just two points, one point, zero points. And just do less math, right? Uh, no, because there's there's opportunity to get one point. Like if you if you if you get a birdie and then or say you win with a par and then the other two people have a bogey, you get four and each of them get one. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, just an option. Play you. I mean, we played with handicaps. We played at net. So, um, and we did it. Like I think. One of, I think one of the Pats ran away with it on the front. I was definitely not in contention on the front. And then I kind of ran with, ran away with it on the back. So you can kind of split it into two matches. So if anybody's looking for a new game to play, I, I'd recommend that. It was a good time. I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about new things. You know, Kev, I actually got a, uh, a pamphlet in the mail from the USGA. Uh, oh, same. To, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm going to become a USGA member today. And, you know, together we will enhance the amateur golf experience, advance research and innovation and preserve and celebrate golf history, not live history. This is golf, real golf. Brian, could you perhaps expand upon the benefits of a USGA membership? Because I am not entirely certain. Yeah, absolutely. So the main um, membership is $36. And with that $36, um, you'll get a subscription for the year to Golf Journal. That is four issues in print for the year, so one quarterly, and then you'll get one ep- uh, one issue every month digitally. So um, you may- need to no longer be in that analog age and get digital. Um, you also get the current USGA rules of golf, um, the player's edition for the rules of golf. So you get a golf rule book. 
Um, you get a USGA member bag tag. It'll have your name on it as well as the year. Um, and if you want to go that extra distance for an additional $9, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step it up to the $9. Um, you get a U.S. Open hat for, um, for the Open this year, Los Angeles Country Club. It is the 123rd U.S. Open, so you get a nice little white white golf hat. Um, and Honestly, yeah, that actually, sounds like a pretty solid deal. Yeah, no, for sure. And I might the, do it too, actually. Like, that sounds all the good. proceeds go benefiting golf, like, you know, yeah. helping, um, you know, kids programs, research, things like that. Um, actually, I looked it up online because the pamphlet didn't have all this. They have a ton of different tiers, um, like from 36 bucks, 45, then 60, then 100, then 250, then 500, then like 4,000. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Yeah. You could have stopped like four of those ago. No, but so I'm actually probably going to do the $60 one. Um, what it additionally gives you besides the things that I had mentioned is a USGA uh, calendar. So, you know, a 12 month calendar, you'll probably get a nice photo um, each month of, uh, of a different hole. And I think it'll look good in the office. And, you know, like we said before, it, it all goes to a really, really good cause. So um, yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely going to, uh, to get into this. I mean, there's a lot to love about USGA memberships. So I encourage everyone to uh, join our community of passionate golfers today. I, th- I think that's a good idea. As you were talking about it, I feel like it was I feel like a cool part of it is that you get the rule book. I feel like that's something good to have in your bag. Oh yeah. Cause how many times do you just like run into a weird situation? Like, yeah, you can Google it, pull out the phone, but like, I'm sure the rule book is set up in a way that it's easy to look specific stuff up. And I feel like there's, it's not like it happens every week, but like handful of times a year, I feel like you run into a situation like, well, what's the actual rule here? And I know most people probably just like, don't even really care about that, but like, I don't know. I do. Yeah, no. Sometimes I just want to know. Yeah, no, I I've never had a rule book. Um, Me neither. We we shoot from the hip. Uh, but I, I I do agree with you that a lot of people I also think just don't care. Um, you'll hear it a lot in events. Right. They'll be like, "Hey, is it cool if I just do this?" And in my head, when I hear that, I'm like, "Is it?" Well, why don't you tell me? Do you think it is? Are you thinking that I should be leaning your way? No. It, it, you know, but there are some times where you need to know, like that old each trade commercial with the little baby and the guy's talking shit and the baby is <laughs> like, he's like, well, you picked up your ball blatantly. He was like, it was on the cart path. Phil, read the rules next time. And, you know, he wouldn't pay up. He was Welshing on his bets. Um one of an epic too. great commercial. Yeah, those those E Trade commercials were awesome with the baby. He was always like in like the country club locker room. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, that was great. Um, no, that's cool. I think I'm gonna have to do the same thing. I don't know where I put the envelope, but right. I'm I'll sure... send you the I'll send you the website. There's yeah, no benefit to to putting a stamp on an envelope and sending it back in. There's no benefit to doing that. Oh no, I'm that's just like what I received advertising the USGA right. stuff. So I'm probably gonna go with the a thousand dollar option, but we'll see. Um okay. but uh yeah, I don't know. Did did you watch uh, Rory one? I did not really watch anything, did you? Well, no, I didn't really either. And the thing is I texted you on Saturday, I was like, listen, putting the mortgage on Rory this weekend. Um, and I didn't, but uh he won uh in great fashion. He was 
So he was tied with Kitayama, I believe, through like the twelfth hole, and then mm-hmm. Rory birdied like three of the next four holes, and it was just like, sorry, I just put my foot on your throat. Um, and he ran away with it. Granted, he did bogey the last two holes, so I think he only won the tournament by two strokes. Um, but I mean, he's so impressive. He's his stats are just unbelievable. So he's gained like eight miles an hour ball speed since 2020, like, which makes no sense. Like the, he was the already at the top of the list anyway, back right. We're close to it. Obviously he's like five yeah. ten, a buck 60. He's probably not even five ten. He's probably like five, eight, a buck 60. He's also, I don't know if it, I don't know if he necessarily passed Faldo with this win to get, he's number one in the world right now. Yes. Um, And he's number four all time. And I think he needs to hold it for like, which this time of year, it's very easy to hold world number one for a while. Um, I think he needs to hold it for like 15 to 20 weeks to pass DJ, which isn't really a huge thing except for the whole live situation going on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I saw a tweet from that no laying up put out um, players in the current top 10 of OWGR that were also top 10 at the end of the year from 2009 to 2016. Rory is the only person. And then 2017 to 2020 Rory is still there, but it includes Rom JT and uh, Patrick Cantlay. Mm. I mean, he's just like no one Dude, else. Patrick Cantley is totally the silent assassin. Not in, not like he performs poorly, but I feel like just no one cares about Patrick Cantley. But he's an elite golfer. Yeah, he's not flashy. He's not all over social media, things like that. So yeah, no, I, I, he definitely goes below the radar. But he's no know. one's favorite golfer. Name uh, someone that Patrick Cantley is their favorite golfer. Mrs. Cantley. His mom. It, honestly. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe she prefers Xander. I know they're boys. That would be fucked up. That would be so <laughs> shitty. You go like home to your parents' house and like they've got a picture of someone else on their wall. Like it's like there. Oh, their good family. tournament, Xander. I mean, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you just let him win, honey? Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm upset that the season's coming to an end like this. Um, so another thing, um, saw on Tell Twitter, me. you had shared with me also was, uh, oh, yeah. yeah Kat, what golf course was this at? I think it was, was at Whistling Straits. Yeah. Yeah. The rudest fucking thing probably ever. I mean, these guys were putting on greens. Um, we'll, we'll try to, I'll post the, uh, the video to our, <clears throat> to our Instagram, but these people were playing it a college event at whistling straits they had to cancel the golf event after the first round because uh well not after the first round a couple people played in the second round but they canceled it because of the weather conditions i mean and it, the way it the was, was so going. windy and the greens were running so fast that they played there was carnage on the first day it says the second day was canceled after three groups played a hole and through three groups, one person recorded a 13 and another person recorded a 16. 
it was that the greens were like way wicked, wicked fast, and it was wicked fucking windy. So it's like if a ball was just sitting there on the green, it was just gonna get blown off, kind of thing. Yeah, I I saw the videos that they posted, and don't get me wrong, like I thought it was unfortunate. Like the kid was putting from above the hole, he putted downhill. Yeah, it rolled past, and then it rolled all the way off the green, and then like thirty yards down the hill. And you know, I think it's super unfortunate that it rolled all the way down the hill but like when i watched it i was like well you know that could happen like you could hit a putt too fast and i could see how it wasn't like cruising he didn't like smash this thing but that i kind of was just like damn that kind of sucks but then when i kept scrolling through the article and saw the the girls um i don't know if these are like children like oh separate event well right 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 but i don't know if they're like young female like if they were under 18 if they were like college age i couldn't really get it get an idea from yeah. watching them but these girls were i do like Kev, i was watching it and like laughing and then like forgetting what i was watching like i'm like no stop like you see these girls like running up to the ball to like I, it, it's so funny because you could tell in their head when you're watching it they're like oh i'm gonna mark this and then they like stop because they're like well the ball's moving i guess i can't mark this and then you right. just watch them keep getting out of the way and the ball just continues to roll farther and farther away from the hole um that was brutal i mean these putts these girls were putting like 15 20 foot putts it rolls a foot up but just short of the hole and then it just rolls all the way back down the green and off the green like good for yeah. them to keep their composure because let me tell you i would have been ian poulter slash billy horschel slash sergio garcia out there throwing clubs and losing my mind oh yeah they were saying that like they would have three foot putts and if they didn't make them they would then have like a 15 to 20 foot putt because it was just so bad. and like i thought the same exact thing you did when you were talking about the like the whistling straights thing. So I was like, Oh, like that sucks. But like, yeah, I've seen that before, but then I'm like, okay, so three groups have played this and <laughs> there's been a 13 and a 16. Like there's probably some, honestly, like I'm glad they canceled it. Yeah. I think I they mean, had no other choice, but I mean, I'd be pissed if I was one of those people in those first three groups that had a 13 or a 16 on my card though. I, dude, I'm saying like you, uh, you're you're not gonna soon forget that like that's uh, and there's no way that they like void out those scores right well if they cancel the round yeah because like if like those first three groups like they just like cancel it out and they start fresh tomorrow yes yeah yeah you're for sure um i would think in a pga event no in a pga event your scores your score uh it being college, they might have some sort of rule about that. You know, what I mean, like, I mean, maybe aren't they all governed by like the USGA technically? Or I guess no, you're not, not my not my uh, expertise here. I have no idea. But no, I well, you're the one with the membership in the rule book, Brian. Not yet, not yet. I haven't bought it yet. Um, <laughs> but I could also uh, like agree with you and and like fully see that if you guys played three holes, then you might start. When we resume the tournament, you might start, you know, 12 over par. Sucks to suck, but like, oh, well, Well, that is shit. What I think think about is these conditions are, just based off the scores that we're seeing, these are worse conditions than, um, 
what was it, Saturday at the Players this past just, year? Uh, see, I was just about to say that. But Saturday at the Players, that was just wind. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, wind and, and inclement weather, not like the the greens were unplayable. Like watching those pin placements, like it was just completely unfair. Like that, that it, those were not legal pin placements whatsoever for yeah um i think the wind exacerbates it too because i was reading as you read through the article there was like an interesting quote from like the greenskeeper because he was like he's like yeah like everybody's blaming us but also like a like you weren't expecting how much wind there was but also b he's like everybody like harasses the greenskeepers when the greens are too slow so then they try to ramp them up but then like if like they get inclement weather like that's why all the links courses over in like scotland and stuff like the greens aren't super fast because they can be because of how windy it gets and yeah. that's like whistling that's like that's what whistling straights is it's like a very link style where's what was that wisconsin i think yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it's in yeah. wisconsin um, oh that's where the uh rider cup just was yeah no no you were at um oak hills so southern hills southern, southern i was at southern hills right i think oak hills oak hill or oak hills is, is next year yeah that's in new york right yeah. Um, oh, shoot. You, you had kind of just touched on something that I... Oh, so <clears throat> back to the players. The thing that also had people kind of losing their mind was it was, the, it was the players who were putting the ball in the water. It was like six out of the top or like maybe eight out of the top 10 guys in the world all dunked their balls like... Brooks kept yeah. dunked it, but like it, they were just. I think JT to... was there too. Yeah, like, it was I just who it was. But it, yeah. they were playing like a four club hole. Like it was the first like three groups that had to go through were at such a disadvantage, and you know, you can also look to that and say, well, that gave Cam Smith a huge advantage. Hey, listen, that shit happens all the time. Being on the right and wrong side of a cut. It's just the way golf works. It doesn't work like that in live because they only play 52 holes, but it just, that's the, they also don't have cuts. Um, but yeah, it's you could the, be on the, uh, the rub of the green. If you will, that happened a few times this year though, real shitty weather screwed the morning group or screwed the afternoon group. And then your guys are so far back. Even if they get to make the cut, they're so far out of contention, you know, going into the weekend that, you know, it's tough. Yeah, want to be fair? Life's not fair, Brian. No, definitely not. And that's like, that's, you know, what I kind of think every time I look down, I'm like, really? Like, I see nothing but lush grass all around. And my ball had to roll in this dead fucking patch of the rough. Like, there's grass in like 99.9% of everywhere around me, but the one area where my ball landed. Like, that's cool. Oh, well, that wasn't fair, so I'm just going to roll it up over here, and I'm going to hit it from here. Yeah. Um, Is that cool? I saw something, and I don't think this was like a serious conversation. I think they were just trying to pull for opinions. What do you think about if there was to be a rule change for – Um, and I th- I think this is a super layered question, to be honest um, – allowing free relief if you land in a divot in the fairway? And this would not uh, most likely I mean, this so, probably wouldn't be for professionals because the like what wh- I'm, all, the I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Like I don't. So it's it, so it's kind of an interesting. It isn't layer. It's a layered question for sure. It's interesting. 
I'm all for it because I think it's kind of bullshit for you to hit the middle of the fairway and end up in a divot. But um, the opposite side of that answer, there's time, like every once in a while, I end up in a divot and I'm like, I don't know. Like I like getting myself into like weird situations on the golf course. Cause it's like, you never really hit that shot. So I was like, Oh, like, well, let me see what I can do with it. You know what I mean? Like I like the challenge of it, but I do. I've kind of always been like, that's kind of stupid. Like, I feel like you should just be able to like get like a kind of like a lift clean in place type situation. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? So I don't think it should be lift clean in place. Um, and I always say that well, because you can give your, you can really give yourself such an advantage by cleaning the ball, lifting. Like if there's no like playing the yeah, ball, I, up, didn't, then I didn't mean it literally. Maybe like, like I'm sorry, like I a drop that, okay. possibly. Like, oh yeah, that that's how I would do it. I didn't mean literally like pick it up and like place it on the ground. Like um, I, I phrased that poorly. Um, but I I feel like it's just it's not black and white. Like what if the, so I think it'd be a lot better if it was just like divots were like, you're it's literally dirt as opposed to like, it was a divot. Now the grass is, was placed back there and now it's growing back again. So like, Oh, I would play that. Let me ask you this. Sorry. Go ahead. You go. Well, I just, I, I just think it's too complicated because like, everyone takes different types of divots. Like if you're pulling out fucking two pays and somebody doesn't replace it and then your ball is just in like a ditch in the fairway, like that sucks. Like I, you shouldn't have to deal with that because somebody didn't put the course yeah, back. People can take advantage of the rules, what you're saying. Right. You could like, you could have made a divot last Tuesday and it's the, well, the pros already make every rule to their advantage. I just think if yeah. it was to be something, it would need to be something. And I don't know if they would ever have rules for the amateurs and rules for the pros that are separate, but I could see that more for like a rule for an amateur. Or like a men's club might have a rule like yeah. that, you know, like, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think where it becomes really interesting too is so this is like an argument that's more like in the last 20 years. I feel like prior to that, like I feel like bunkers used to be designed to be a punishment, but now like bunkers are maintained so well that like sometimes like you hear pros like hoping their ball gets into the bunker. But I think of it at like, say like somebody like gets into a bunker, they really dig their feet in, they get their ball out and they just never fix it. And then you come up on the hole the next time and you hit it right into like where their foot is. Yeah. I think that you're should. like, what the fuck, man? This is it's kind was, of the same thing. I was just talking about that last time I was golfing. Yeah, no, that's that it, it's really shitty. And like, I think that is why, you know, men's clubs and, you know, some places will say. Lift clean know, in what, place or something. Yeah. Similar. Like, yes. um, it, whether it's we don't have people working on the weekends to rake the bunkers or we know that our patrons don't rake the bunkers like you shouldn't have that penalize you like especially yeah. like if, if god forbid like the the bunker's a little damp like right now you've got not just sand but like an imprint like you're literally yeah. hitting through like that and that sucks and that's unfortunate like it sucks so much too because like i know you and i know myself you're never going to move that ball you're just going to grind your feet in and be like, this fucking sucks and give yourself the best shot you, you can. And it's right. probably not going to be that great, but you it, like, it's just internally. It's like, it just goes back to, and I've always felt this about golf. Like you're only lying to yourself. So like, sure. Just fluff my lie. Well, now I know when I go to bed that that 82 should have been a, maybe an 84. Maybe I would have scold that shot. Like I, 
Yeah. I've never got a hole in one. I could tell people I did, but that would do nothing fucking for me. Like that. I, so right. It's just because the rules are the rules. Like in my head, I'm just like, well, no, this is what I have to fucking do. Like, yeah, it sucks, but like, I wish I probably shouldn't have hit it. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so I actually, I have a question for, I forgot this came up. So if you are in a bunk, so I hit my ball into a bunker off a tee, pop bunker, middle of the fairway. There is a big pool of water in the bottom of the, of the bunker. Uh-huh. I believe the rule is that that entire bunker is now considered ground under repair or something similar. And you're able to take a drop like back on a straight line. I don't know if that's the rule. I did not do that. I ended up moving it to a dry part of the bunker and playing out of there. But do you know? I I will know when I get my rules book. Um, yeah. I have always been under the impression that you need to bring it, if possible, if possible, you need to bring that ball back, still in the bunker, no closer to the hole. Um, and if you can, like if it's, if you know if there's standing water, if you're you know, then certainly you can't play it if you can't play it. And I'm not saying like you put mm-hmm. it up against the lip to try to hit it out. Like clearly, like that's horrible. Um, at which point, because I've definitely been at courses where like the whole, pretty much the whole bunker is underwater or has fucking snow in it, right? And um, yeah, you'll just pull it out behind it. Um, uh, I'm pretty. You know, what? I just looked it up. You have to keep it. You get uh, when taking relief, you must find the nearest point of complete relief in the bunker and drop within the one club length relief area. So, yeah, I I was wrong. So, all right. Well, I'm glad I was right. Um, I'm wrong, but I did the right thing. But if the entire bunker was water, that would be ground under repair. And you would not have. Yeah, you would not have to drop in the bunker. Right. Um. Oh, I love love a little trivia, trivia games with the rules. Yeah, I, I forget. It happened when I was playing with Jack a couple weeks or not last week, week prior. And I forgot it happened, but um, he's kind of reminded me of it. So, uh, yeah, man, are you going to play this weekend? Probably not. Halloween weekend. We're probably going to be doing some trunk or treat. Charlotte, somewhere, have good, which, did she uh, have a nice costume or what? Um, she's got a couple. Uh, she, okay. and that's the great okay. thing about having a lot of cousins her age, like fertility. Um, yeah, well, uh, hand me downs, hand me downs. How I grew up. I mean, shit. Like, yeah. And I'm so grateful for it because kids grow through things so fucking fast. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like, we just have these. Wear it once. I mean, that happens a lot too because they either shit all over it or like get something all over it that stains. So. That yep. that happens a lot. You're not gonna see Charlotte in some fucking Air Maxes. Uh, Daddy promises you that. I'm sorry, not gonna happen That's unless fine. they're hand me downs. Um, Charlotte will not be tiptoeing in her jobs. <sighs> no, no. But she's got life in the rough swags. That what what more That's could fair. she ask for? Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Halloween stuff this weekend. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if if the opportunity presents itself, surely, but. I don't know. It's it's getting to that time of year, man, where it you know, we're lucky maybe every other week, maybe once a month, maybe like it's just to be honest, it's still not like super cold. 
Um, but we do have that shitty fall weather. You know, it's wet, it's windy. Um, mm. And yeah, it's just tough to get out. It's dark by 630. Um, I just learned we're getting rid of daylight savings time. Fucking pumped about that. Hey. I literally just learned as you said it out of your mouth that there was a daylight savings. Yeah. The, I, um, also, I could have just been lied to. Um, the, yeah, this guy I was going I feel for. like that would be a more major announcement than I would have heard from Brian Ackley whilst recording a podcast. But I'm never one to question you because you were right about the uh, the whole bunker thing. Um, I feel like he said at the end of Oh, maybe this is our last daylight savings. Oh, wait. U.S. Senate back in May. U.S. Senate approves bill to make daylight savings time permanent. Sorry. I know there's certain, like uh, Arizona, for example, they don't do, or it's weird because parts oh, yeah, of yeah, Arizona yeah. Sorry. do it and parts don't. Sorry. So the U.S. Senate, so Arizona has never done it. Um, right. they just, which is wild. So sometimes they're like four hours behind us. Okay. Is, um, so the U S Senate on Tuesday, March something passed legislation that would make daylight savings time permanent starting in 2023, ending the twice annual changing of the clocks in a more pro- in a move promoted by supporters advocating brighter afternoons and more economic activity. Absolutely, bro. No one wants it to be three 30 in the afternoon. It's fucking dark out in December. Like, Nanas are not going no, to. No, I I agree. I don't know if it's necessarily going to have an impact on economic activity. I mean, I, I bet there's a lot of people that don't go outside when it's dark out. If well, they yeah, can get in, they can just go hour, out earlier in the day. But if they're working, like if if there's a chance now that <sighs> in December you can get out of work and it's still light out instead of being pitch black, like some people might say, I'm going straight home. I don't want to get robbed in the big Y parking lot in Marlboro, Connecticut and, you know, <laughs> get abducted. Like that shit is real. That happened. Um, no, that's, I, I guess I can see what you're saying. Um, but I don't, I really don't have, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't have an opinion either way. I really don't care. So Just tell the me, only reason tell I me care, what time it is. We'll be yeah. Fine. The only reason I care is because I don't want to have to be like, Oh, it's this weekend. Oh, we lost an hour. Oh, we gained an hour. Because I hate that. One saying. less thing to think about. Exactly. And I hate the, well, we lost an hour. Well, I mean, we were only borrowing that hour for six fucking months from the last. Oh, well, we gained one earlier, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I was never on board for the, let's make a, it's like office banter. It's like, let's pitch about the weather. Let's pitch about if we lose an hour of daylight savings. Let's, and it, Listen, I still got to be to work at the same time. I don't care. Yeah. Sorry. I'm remote now. It, it literally matters for one day. Like that's what the thing it's like, if you can get used like if you can fly to California and then fly back and be able to get to work the next day, you can handle one night a year of daylight savings time. To be honest, I don't know if I've ever felt jet lag. I don't really get impacted by it. I, I, I feel like because we're young, wild and free, probably. My thing is, is like once I'm Khalifa. once I go to bed and I'm up the next day, I'm like, all right, like now we're here. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know? 
I'm still getting the same amount of sleep. Like it's like, well, your body thinks it's this time. Well, no, my body thinks it's time to go to bed when I shut my fucking eyes. I'm not taking naps in the middle of the day. All right. Yeah, so my body doesn't think shit until my eyes look at the clock. So like yeah, now my no. body knows what time it is. I listen, I tell my body, you will go to sleep or I will put yeah. you to sleep. Yeah, exactly. You get it, Brian. You get it. You get it. <sighs> Unbelievable. What else you got for me, Brian? You got any good topics you want to uh, mull over? Um, we got a little bit of a uh, little bit of a mixed bag of tricks today. Um, 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 um. I don't think I have anything left. Um, do I? Do I? I don't think I do. Um. Oh, you know what? We'll touch on this real brief. You know how last week we were talking about my distance. What do we think is going on? Yeah. One of the things I know for a fact that is going that is holding me back, and we'll get fixed okay. with, with some lessons. I pick the ball. I don't take big divots. Like when you strike a golf ball, you you want to strike that thing with fucking authority. Be swinging through the ball into the ground. Continue that. Want to compress that bitch? Yeah, yeah. No, and I really don't. Like I um I used to a lot, and now I I don't know. I you know I've just got we got to change that swing, baby. We got to change that swing. But when I take when I swing for the most part, like. It's almost like I have a perfect shot. Like I could hit like a 52 degree wedge and it'll take like the small, like I hit it right where the bounce is like, and it's just a perfect swing. Not perfect. Cause I'm not, yeah. it, but like it, it is the perfect swing to the ground. Yeah. I, it is interesting. You say that because I feel like when I watch you swing, like at the end of your swing, you do kind of almost look like you're like, not like almost like weight towards your back foot. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to like pick it off the ground and like almost like not baseball swing, but I think you know what I'm trying to trying to say. Yeah, because I wasn't um, that great. I think that'll make a big difference. You gotta like fucking smack that. You you almost gotta think about like smacking it into the ground. Well, I know, and and especially what makes it so frustrating, it's like <laughs> I know I can do it. <laughs> I've done that used to be yeah. my game. It like and right. it's not like we're not like fucking fucking rupert murdoch i'm not 85 fucking years old and i'm like now i can't i there's no hip rotation like it's clearly like i'm swinging the fucking club differently so right we, we got we verged we veered we veered into a in a lane we shouldn't have been out we we're in the hov lane with one person in the car not okay not okay yeah. we need to move back into our lane we'll get that fucking drawback with the rollback and uh <sighs> Big things for boys are gonna be dialed next. Big year. things dialed. for three. Gonna look so good with my USGA bag tag. Um, when I'm and your rule book and my rule, dude. I can't wait till somebody snaps a picture of me with my fucking rule book on the green. Just like somebody will be in the background that I'm like pointing at. It'll be like, hey Dan, let me just look up rule 14 dash C. Yeah, uh huh. If you're gonna have the rule book in the bag, you know, you also need to start leaving your pencil in your ear. Yes, I was just thinking you know, that. Look at a little pencil right there. Boom, we're good yeah. to go. Which um, I don't know how people do that. Anytime I try to put a pencil in my ear, like I feel like that thing's gonna fall out in a second. You've gotta really tuck it down. My dad and uh my dad always rocked a pencil in his ear. He was always like measuring shit. Like he yeah, tape yeah. measure on the side. Like he he was literally just like never even around. needed to. He's like, ain't no just in case I need to know what that measurement is. I'm gonna write that yeah, well, and then like he'd measure it and they you know scribble a little something down and i'm like what the fuck like I, 
he was using like graph paper and shit. That's how you know you're serious when you're building things. You're using graph paper because you want oh, yeah. square feet. But yeah, no, I, I doodle. Oh, doodle. Um, yeah, that's all I got, Kev. That's all I got. That's all I have too. Um, all I have to say is that I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This has been Life in the Rough, the podcast. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and we will catch you next week. See ya. Peace.